It's a sad day for us here at the How Long To Beat podcast. Alex, Paller and I are reeling at the news that the 3DS and Wii U eShops are disappearing. 3DS and Wii U, you say? As though you'd forgotten they existed? How dare you? We, once we've talked about our beatens, retireds and playings, are going to be doing a deep dive into the 3DS because, uh, jokes aside, nobody gives a fuck about the Wii U. Um, we're going to talk about our memories, the good games, the bad games, the in-betweens, the Rodea Sky Soldiers of the 3DS, if you will. Um, and we're just going to reminisce and have a good time and hopefully send you away with some recommendations to pick up in the next couple of months while you can still buy games on that shop. Or, you know, go sail the seven seas and find them that way. We don't give a fuck. And clearly neither does Nintendo. What a way to introduce the podcast. <laughs> the irony is, I'm talking about how sad we are. I've got Alex on the screen, giving me the big thumbs up and a cheesy grin because the recording actually worked this time. <laughs> We've had some technical difficulties as we started this episode today. <laughs> oh. you, you could say we've gone through multiple loops. There, yes. Is that my segue? <laughs> that, that's your segue into that's Deathloop, segue. your completion this week, Alex. Yeah, so I actually, I beat Deathloop, like, like honestly, right before we started recording, like I, um, I was just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this, try to play it today. I felt like I was pretty close to the end of it, um, but I wasn't entirely sure, you know. Um, and you know, I I don't know. This game doesn't feel like it comes together in the way that they want it to. I think. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed playing it like the overall experience is very fun it's just that you kind of like like ultimately at the end of it i still don't really get what's going on i still have no idea really like i like i I, i've kind of figured it out right like i sort of know who these people are a little bit i get a general sense there's kind of a reveal that's like not really I didn't care. Um, and you know what I mean? And like ultimately, and, and I think that comes down to the issue that it's basically all environmental storytelling, which can be awesome. But this environmental storytelling is mostly through reading and like the audio logs. Like it's kind of Bioshocky. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, we're sort of past this, right? Like I'm like, we're kind of past this point now. Like we've, Bioshock did it. Um, so like, can we just can, can we try some little different? And the loops are really interesting. And like, I did think it was kind of cool that like ultimately you have to like figure out what's the optimal loop, and like what do you have to do in that run to get that. And like, I think technically it might guide you more, but I kind of just there's like one particular like quest path that I was just like I don't need to do that because like I can just I can just come in guns hot and figure this out. Like you know what I mean. So I was like whatever. And it's like very finicky, so I was like, I don't give a shit. Um, and so like I um went through, beat it. The aesthetic is wonderful, the visual styling is is great. I mean, it looked awesome on this, you know, it was the thing testing out my PC, right? And it looks awesome. It it works wonderfully on the PC. Um But yeah, I just I don't know what it is. Like I, I think part of it comes down to the fact that because you have four zones and they're in four times of the day and you're trying to figure out these kind of secrets throughout them, you just sometimes, if you don't like really optimally do something, which can happen, you know, occasionally you just like you miss something or you're like, oh, fuck, I guess that happens if I do this. Um, Then you just have to kind of replay a bunch of these areas. And so ultimately you end up, you end up playing through certain times of the day in certain locations 
a lot. Um, especially the like endish area. And it just, you just get to a point where I was like, Oh, I fucking know. Like I got to do this and I do that. And I'm like, and like, I didn't feel any desire. Like you have these cool slabs and powers, but I actually don't think I used almost any except for like two of them or maybe three total because ultimately they restrict you. Like your double jump is a, is a character. Like it's a trinket that you get. You can slot in four skills and so you need to have this thing called shift so you can like climb and go all over the place. And so that uses up one of it. So ultimately you really only have like one other slot open for a special power. So there's like no incentive, I guess, to really experiment. And like when you find guns that work for you, like what happened to me is I you have three gun slots. And look, I found a gun that's like a SMG that's silenced. That thing was fucking it's goaded like it just because you can just fucking headshot people so easily and they don't notice that anything's happening so you're just like and then if anyone does come at you you're just like all right i've got my big shotgun bam 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 you know like i just got to the point where i was like there's not a real reason for me to be super stealthy i can be a little stealthy but like i don't know you know like it's just something didn't fully click and like i still think it's worth playing Uh, i probably played it a little longer than you have to like you can i think you can get through this game and like 14 hours probably i I was about 17 because i was like you know futzing around a a few times um but i see no reason to go back once you've done it um i guess you could like optimize further and like get even more stuff and cool guns and things but like what the fuck's the point like do you know what i mean like that's kind of how i felt on it and so i don't know i'm being like harsh on this but like ultimately i'd give it like an eight i think it's just (sighs) i guess i just expect so much from arcane you know what i mean and like dishonored prey like these are some of my favorite games out there and like this has all the hallmarks of arcane's work and it's obviously a very you know beautifully created game but it just something just didn't click for me in this one like i think i was missing i don't know i think i would have just liked a little more story stuff you know like i felt like these visionaries are these people you're going to kill but you just you don't really learn that much about them in the end like everything you learn about them is from environmental storytelling and i guess that's because you can interact with them at any time but it's like there are occasional moments where you can see scenes playing out between them but that's just you in the area while stuff's happening and that's actually really cool but like i kind of wish there was more of that like i was just missing i was just missing a little more story you know like i guess that's it or i'm just like I need a little more of a reason why I'm doing this because ultimately it feels like I don't understand why I'm doing this. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> it's kind of ironic because the, the main criticism that I often hear is that it's remarkably linear given the setup. Like there is a yeah. right way to do it. It's not like you have to hit X, Y, and Z in an allotted amount of time and you have so many moves around and, you know, can you find different ways to do it? Can you be creative? And that's something that they did so well with Prey, with like different ways of accessing certain rooms, uh, using the glue gun to sort of break traversal and stuff like that. Ditto with the, the foam darts and things like that. Would you say that sort of was fair? And, and I suppose that do you see the irony there in terms of oh. that linearity maybe being something that they could have done if they'd given a better story and, and used that as an excuse sort of thing? Yeah, it's a it's a like it's a full on it's full on accurate. Like it's a quite linear game. Um, because ultimately, there's only one way to beat it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's not... Yeah, there's only one way. 
that you could beat this game. Um, you can approach it in a few different ways, but like ultimately the path that you will take at the end is going to be the same path everyone does. How they do it, obviously that will vary depending on what you're using and whatnot, but the actual steps that will be taken and the like, like you're going to kill this person first, you're going to do this thing next, you're going to go here next, you're going to do this, et cetera, et cetera, right? And like that has to happen. There's just no, there's no variation in that. So your lead up to that moment that's varied and it, it, you know, how you approach it is completely on your own. Um, but ultimately the end goal is quite linear. So I don't know. I, I think like, I don't know how they could have done it another way um, without maybe making it frustrating. Like I never felt super frustrated in the game. So I have to give it props for that. Like I did always kind of feel like I knew what I was supposed to be doing next. Um, but you're right. There is quite a bit of linearity to it. And I don't know. They probably could have just leaned into it more. Um, the fact that it's like, look, ultimately it's all going to come down to this. So just like, let's give you a couple more like checkpointed, you know, cutscenes. Cause really what happens is like when you discover something about one of the visionaries who are these like assassination targets, you'll get like a cool animated kind of cutscene thing talking about what you just discovered. But it's just kind of telling you what you already know, right? Like you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this to kill this person. And so you're like, well, okay, I know that. Like, I figured that out. Like, that's what I just did. Um, so it's like, maybe instead you could have given me a cutscene revealing a little more about me or like, you know, cutscene revealing more about who these people are, what my relationship with them is. Like, ultimately, I figured it out by the end, but it's still super unsatisfying. You know, like, you're like, oh, okay. And then it leaves on a really cool ending. Like, anyway, I, I hope they play in this universe a little more because the ending's really cool. But yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just like so close, right? Like, do you know how sometimes those games are the most disappointing where you're like, this is really good and I really like it, but it feels like it's just so like almost like really perfect awesome, right? Like instead it's just like, there's a good solid game. Like I definitely don't regret uh, picking it up and playing it now. Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's all. (laughs) If people are thinking about playing this game, I would recommend it. Um, but also know that it's like it's coming to game pass, right? Like we know this, <laughs> um, at some point in the future. So like, if you can wait, go ahead. Me, I was, I was impatient. It was on sale and I was like, nah, I'm gonna play now on this new PC. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, who wants to take it out of Pally, you beat Slime Rancher? Can you beat, I beat that Slime game? Rancher? <laughs> and yeah, you can, you can beat Slime Rancher. You can finish the game and see the credits. Um, that's exactly what I did. So. To beat the game, you pretty much have to read and see where the previous printer owner um, ended up their journey and pretty much where they ended and started a new journey. And uh, read like the blast of what I assume to be the, the main character's uh, ex-partner. I'd say partner because it is um leave it is left like ambiguous ambiguous like their gender so i'm gonna treat their treat them as them Mm -hmm. so overall it was very interesting like to find all these notes to see what was the what was the story of the previous uh farmer on this uh far far ranch or far far planet Mm -hmm. and just the overall gameplay loop or of just like 
tending to your slimes, catching more slimes, and then doing a slime science because you can do a slime science. That's pretty cool. And the other characters you meet, and well, I say you meet, but you pretty much just talk to them via via mail, and then uh, you get access to their farms by completing requests by them for them, and then. On those farms, you are able like to do more quests and to have a every so slightly different experience than in your main ranch. For example, there was this. Uh, I already talked about the Quicksilver Rancher, but there was another one that was researching like these uh, virus kind of slimes, because he was developing like this computer program where he could like recreate the far, far ranch and uh, pretty much run simulations on it. But then you have this uh, little slime that is pretty much a computer virus and takes into the appearance of the uh, other slimes or even items on the environment. Um, pretty much you have to see if, everything, if anything is wrong, you have to attack it with like a a special kind of substance and then like vacuum the slime up and then bring it back into the real world for research for the uh, for the slime researcher and that was pretty cool now i have to say they could make the emergency exits a little bit more accessible sometimes because once i lost my entire uh, pack of slimes because i fell into the water because i couldn't I didn't know how to get into the portal and it was like a literal stairs that ended on nothing and I fell to the ground. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or I fell into the water. And and like just hunting those those little slimes, those little rascals was a lot of fun because I don't know if you ever watched the Pokemon anime, but if you see one of those slimes, it has like the Dito face, that like the two dots and the line instead of the actual face of the slime. So it's like, hey, you look sus. Okay, yeah, it was an imposter. Bring all, all those little glitchy slimes back here. And those fuckers are like super fast and like duplicate. So if 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 you don't catch them all, then good luck. And then this the 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 program starts like corrupting, and you have to get the hell away from there because the tars, the these like big slimes that eat other slimes and also try to eat ranchers, start like spawning out of nowhere. You have to get the hell away from there. Um, I wasn't expecting to talk so much about that little mini game out there, but it was. Quite entertaining, just to like track down all those, uh, all those glitchy slimes, and in the end, once you, um, oh, and there was the other rancher for which you had to hunt like those um sable tooth slimes, which you can have. I don't think you can have a real ranch because they are like what they call largos that are like. I want to say hybrid slimes that are bigger than normal, so you can't vacuum them up and you have to like carry them to a coral. Mm. Uh, and they are quite aggressive, so yeah, no. 
not dealing with that. Um, but after like adventuring so much, discovering e each nook and cranny of the island, after restoring the uh, glass desert to its former glory by reviving the reactivating the oasis with ancient water that I got from some fountains in the desert, I finally, finally got to the final message to, to where uh, the, the previous rancher left this place and finished their journey. And I received the final note from Casey. And then it was all over. Roll credits. It was quite the adventure. I really recommend this game if you want like something like adventurous, but it's still like kind of chill. And these slimes are just adorable. Like they're they are like always happy in a way. So it's kind of like contagious. So it's like those games that it's like, oh, okay, you have like maybe you had a bad day, or you just want to start a day in the with the right food, play slime rancher. Um, I really hope that the end of the story of Slime Rancher 2 isn't as abrupt as in this game. Um, but I'm really hyped for that sequel, really. So, enough of me talking about slimes. Rick, what did you beat? I see you have I'm, something I'm trying really to think of a really good segue, and it's just not quite happening at the moment. So, yeah, I am... Um, <laughs> I beat two games, first of which you'll be intimately familiar with Power because it was one of yours last week, and that's It Takes Two. Oh, what a ride. Um, yeah, Pacer I think I'll be quite interesting. it next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, how far are you in, Alex? I think we're right near the end. Well, no, like the last third of the game. We're uh, we're at the time. Like, we just beat the, the time stuff. Um, oh, the clock tower. Yeah. Ooh. As it were, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're getting there. I think yeah, we have like there. three chapters or something like. I, I I've checked like how many chapters and stuff there are. So <laughs> I did exactly the same. I'll be real. Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting because once you get to that point, it feels like the game actually gets a lot, a lot of momentum as it comes towards the end. And then although the ending feels a little bit abrupt, like the experience as a whole is just phenomenal. Um, there are so many little moments of fun. I love all the little diversions of games they have to play. Um, I feel like everything I want to talk about in the game is sort of a spoiler of something that I want the people listening at home just to discover on their own when they go and play this game. Um, so I'm not really going to dwell on it too much, just except to reiterate what we've all said repeatedly, which is this is an excellent game. There's a reason it was so uh, acclaimed when it first came out. And uh, you should absolutely find someone to play it with and play it. Um, the other game, which I'm a little bit softer on, uh, is Crimson Shroud, which... I finally beat. Um, I think there's an expectation of playing it again to get a better ending. Because um, I finished it up and got what feels like a bad end, although the credits rolled. I'm not really sure I want to play it again. I might at some point, but... It... I, I suppose I'll reiterate what I said last time, which is I quite like the combat in isolation. I really like the story in and of itself. I feel like as a package, it just feels like hard work. Because the there aren't so much puzzles to solve as there are like random chance events and RNG checks 
and really random things that you would have no way of intuiting or knowing that you need to get past to make progress on the game world. Um, doesn't really fit with the way that the game presents itself in terms of um, text-based information and these battles that sort of happen separately in and of themselves. And I think as a whole, the package suffers. It has a lot of really cool ideas. The story is really, really well done, both in terms of writing and in terms of sort of the overall structure. Um, I think the game as a whole falls short. I think it's less than some of its parts. And it's definitely well worth checking out because it, it's done in such a way that I think very few other games try. But I enjoyed my six or so hours with the game. I'm not really sure I want to spend another six or so seeing the good end. The rub is, because it wasn't that big a deal over in the West, I can't seem to find a good end playthrough on YouTube. So do I do I go back? Do I not? I don't know yet. But <laughs> that that's where I'm at with that one. Um, speaking of whether we're going back or not, Alex, why don't you tell us about your horrific truly disappointing retirement hold on uh, yeah, yeah Alex. first of all we're power and i are very ashamed of you and disappointed in you okay you haven't even started yet so wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, hold on yeah so i'm i'm putting on like i put it in the retirement just because i'm technically putting it aside but i'm not retiring it in the traditional sense like i'm i'm mm. putting shin megami tensei 5 down for a bit because ultimately so okay this game's great and i'm probably a little like I, I might I might even be like right at the half or like a little over the halfway no I'm over the halfway point for sure actually because I'm in the third kind of area so I'm I'm probably like maybe two-thirds through and I just I'm a little burnt out because it's really good but ultimately it really is the same thing again and again and that same thing is really excellent but I'm sort of feeling, it's, it's funny actually, I'm feeling a little similar to how I felt playing Bloodborne where I got to a certain point in it and I was like, oh Jesus, okay, I've gotten through so much of this, but I know that the next bit of this is just going to be, you know, doing the mechanics over and over and, you know, with, and they'll add interesting things to it, um, but I know it'll be a challenge. And so right now I'm a little burnt on the just like, because I, I guess to describe the loop of this, it's like there's not... there. It sounds like there might have been more of a story in four. There's not really a story in this game. Like there is, and it's interesting, but it's basically, you know, restricted to like when you start an area and then like you enter an area and it's like, now go explore it. You will find a couple side quests here and there, but there's not really that many, honestly. Um, and you'll explore this big area. You'll kind of like look around, go through things. You're going to fight monsters and you're going to try to recruit them. You're going to do some fusions. You'll level up. You got to do some new fusions Keep your, you know, have, make sure you have a good stock of demons. You're going to go fight someone. That character is going to have, you know, specific strengths and weaknesses. So you're going to have to formulate a team that's like good against that one. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Right. And that's kind of like how it goes. And it's really good. You know, like it's solid. And like that gameplay, the press turn system is awesome. But like I just got up against a boss right now who's just like, he's just kind of like, he's just kind of RNG in me a little bit. Um, oh. Yeah, like I, I just like I had such I a, a team that's so perfect, and like all these stats things are going, and then I just got like unlucky at one point because like it wasn't even like it was like like he, anyway. There's things that you can kind of tell when something's gonna happen, and I was like, really, like, 
I think he got a hit on me that was like literally exactly my amount of health. None of my demons are dead. I had one demon who had taunt using and was like actively like buffed to like draw enemy attention. Didn't matter. He still just targeted my like main guy and I was just fucked. And I'm like, I've got him down to pretty much no health left. And I'm like, what was I even? Okay. And then I just kind of was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like I just, I know I'll be able to beat this, but I need a break. So like right now I'm like, I just want a break from it because it's getting just a little, it's getting repetitive right now. And so I'm already, I've been like 28 hours or so in, like I've like, I put a lot of time into this game, so I'm going to beat it, but I just need to have like, I, th- I think I need like two or three games in between it before I come back and like finish it off because it's not one of those games that I'm worried about, like not knowing what to do when I come back because it's. It's not like it's not just, it's just not like that, right? Like the systems within it, um, I don't find are all that complicated once you've like played it for a while. And I don't really feel like it's a game that when you come back to, you're like, I don't remember how to do anything because like it's just not how it's designed, right? Like it's like no, this is a slower game that you're meant to kind of methodically look through, like spend some time with things. And yeah, I think it's just it's just the, I was starting to get tired of just, I've spent a lot of time in apotheosis, like looking at the, in the world of shadows or whatever, where I'm like fusing monsters. I'm just like, I can't look at lists anymore. <laughs> I need to switch, <laughs> you know? So anyway, that, that's why for me, it's on retirement at the moment. Um, but like I said, I am going to beat this game. Um, I just need something in between it. It's one of those ones where I actually might recommend if people play this to like, like, honestly, do it in chunks because it's super good, but the gameplay is what is first and foremost in this game, and it is what is highly, highly, highly pushed. And so it can get a little intense, right? Like, if because you're going through that loop over and over. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it rewards breaks um, on it. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. I got a good boss waiting for me. And you know what it's like sometimes, right? You face a boss and it, it fucks you up and then you take a break for a while and you come back and it's like, it's like, like it's nothing or something, you know? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my retirement. What? Hopefully you, you don't forget what uh, demon lineup you had or what oh, was no. the function of each demon because it had happened to me. Uh, with Strange Journey Redux, which, by the way, I still haven't beaten and I really want to. But I forgot what was I doing with the story. And I'm like, oh, I might need to restart this. But see, that's what's nice about this in a weird way, because the story is so non-existent and they have giant waypoint <laughs> markers showing you exactly where to go at all times. I'm like, I don't know what I could. And like, also, I saved it with my demon lineup. And like, there's just so much information. You know what I mean? Like. It's one of those games where, like, literally the menu has so much information that if you feel lost, you just literally need to open it up, spend, like, a minute reading things, and you're like, got it. I remember where I'm at, you know? Um, So in that sense, it's great. Um, But I know what you're saying. Like, I did this with Tales of Vesperia once where I stopped, and then I went back, and I was like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go. And that's a big open world game where, like, there's lots of areas, and the the quest system was is a fucking piece of shit in that game like it doesn't tell you at all what you're supposed to do but in this one it's just like (laughs) they don't even they don't have to tell you they just said go to big orange mark (laughs) and you're like okay like sometimes you don't even have a quest there's just a big orange dot you go to your quest list and you have nothing and it's just like go to dot and you're like okay (laughs) 
And so I'm literally saved right in front of the next story beat. So I'm like, there's no way I can miss this. <laughs> okay. I, I foolproofed it, you know? That's, that was my plan. Although, Watch would come back here in two months and I'll be like, I'm lost! <laughs> but we'll see. Hey, at the very least, you can go back and listen to this episode and not be lost. Exactly, right? <laughs> That's the benefit of this. So anyway, that a soft retirement for, um, for uh, Shimagami Tensei. Um, five more like a i'll be back <laughs> why don't we move on then to what we're playing so i don't know either you can take it over i'm i'm easy fight it out duke it out <laughs> allow me to take it over yeah rick is still muted so <laughs> you can take it over pal <laughs> i was Sorry, the geography rick. pal of the slot so whatever. nice <laughs> <laughs> so i've been playing dairoku agents of sakuratani and may Mainly, I've been ending hunting on this one because I want to have like the great, the grand finale route, like just at the very end. So, right now, I've finished all of uh, Shirazuki's uh, endings. So, I got like the full CG gallery for that one. And I also got like the common route ending where you pretty much like, I don't know if. I told you about there was like this mini game where you have to um, press the buttons in the correct order and then you seal a demon or something like that. Or apprehend a demon, you don't seal them in this game. The thing is, that didn't happen in any, like that didn't come back in any of the routes of the, of the characters. But it is, you, you pretty much have to like just do apprehensions to get like the common route ending. And I'm like, okay, there were plenty of times, plenty of times where you had to appreh apprehend a demon, or, sorry, and a Yakashi um, on any of the character routes and it is on automatically. Why well, cannot at the very least have that mini game if it already exists? So I'm like, you already created this, use it, make use of it. I even forgot it existed until it happened again. And it was just for the common road ending. <sighs> so yeah, that aside, um, that's pretty much all I've done on that game. So moving on to us arc, um, I advanced a little bit like on the story and there's this one character that is very powerful. And I'm like, hey, why isn't he the chosen one? Why is my character the chosen one if I can barely do any damage compared to this guy? So, the why? Still, the story is kind of like picking up. And I've heard from my boyfriend who already is like level 50 or so that the story really picks up later. And it gets really good. So, I'm looking forward to that. After that, um, I've been playing Pokemon Shining Pearl. And finally, like... Just before the Elite Four, I've been handing, I've been catching a lot of Pokemon because, um, okay, my boyfriend wanted like a specific Pokemon that is only found in Pokemon Shining Pearl, which is the version of the game that I have. But I needed to have like, I needed to unlock the National Pokedex to be able to access that, to capture that Pokemon. So I completed the, the National Pokedex. 
But the thing is, is that I already got the Pokemon. I gave it to my boyfriend. I'm waiting for my boyfriend because, like, uh, we got a thing where my nephew wants us to go, like, all, all of us together to the Elite Four and try to beat the Elite Four together. So we're pretty much waiting on him to finish the game. And in the meantime, I just unlocked the National Pokedex, which means there's a lot more encounters in the Grand Underground, and I can find more items by excavating in the Grand Underground, which, by the way, I found the, the Ahelix fossil. Like, long live Lord Helix. If anyone gets that reference, I'm going to be so happy. As a Twitch Place Pokemon reference. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, it, me no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> I may put like a footnote on the description, hopefully. Uh, it was a good time. And Omanite and Ovasar are awesome. They, ca they carried the darn party. Um, oh, wait, are you... Okay, where was I? I? I might know what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I got the Helix fossil, so um, now I am uh, fossil hunting, so I can get like all my exclusives and then exchange with my boyfriend with all his exclusives later. And um, yeah, I'm trapping the Grand Underground until, until, new, until further notice, so I have my fun there. <laughs> Um, I've also been making some progress on Fire Emblem The Blazing Blade on the Gameplay Advance, and I'm currently on chapter, let me check my notes real quick, chapter uh, 6, no, chapter 7 of the Link chapters, and I've heard there's like, I know, I knew there were like also the actor chapters, but it seems there's another set of chapters without, which I'm like, oh my god, so much game. Yeah, there's so, a lot of game in this. <laughs> there's a lot of game in this. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. So because the chapters in general are like really, really short. So I was worried I would finish the game like in 17 hours or less. Um, but yeah, it seems there's nothing to worry about there. Uh, I have Fire Emblem uh, Blazing Play for a while. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm trying to do like, a, not necessarily like an Iron Man, Iron Man playthrough where if my unit dies, well, it dies, but to to sad for me, but I don't get access to that unit again. But I'm just trying to play it like normally, the sense if like, I mean, the end of the chapter and I lose a unit, I'm not gonna go back and do the entire chapter again unless like I had like bad rows or stuff like that. So I actually lost a unit. I had like very good growth on some of the level ups of that chapter. And at the last possible second, just as I was fighting the boss, everything was going smoothly until one of my unit missed. And then I, I didn't have any way to finish the boss off. And I have a unit that was very good, but like with a sliver of health. So I sent my Pegasus Knight to rescue him. And my Pegasus Knight 
was supposed to survive the heat, but it was a critical hit. Of course it was. Of course it was. Which so it Pegasus was like, Knight was it? Uh, the first one you get, was it Florina? Oh, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no. At the very least, like, story-wise, they don't really die. She just oh, got okay. her arm broken, and, and now she can't fight. But Lin is like, don't worry, I'm not going to send you home like I probably should because you need to see a doctor. You can come with us. So Florina is still, like, in the party. I mean, not in the party proper, but, like, in the story. But, like, for all gameplay purposes, she's pretty much dead. <laughs> yeah. But but it was still, like, sad. I probably, ha I I actually had like, my, my head kind of of, the, of how that happened, but I'm not going to bore you with that. I already <laughs> took my boyfriend's year off with my overall headcanon for this game. Oh. But, yeah, I lost a unit. I was like, I'm not going to reset this. It, I already got this far. Um, I had good unit rows, which I'm probably not going to have if I'm, if, if I retry this. So it's like, okay, sorry, Florina, you're at the year, but sorry. <laughs> so, well, at the very least, I, I still have the, the two cavaliers that you get at the start and they are like pretty strong at this point of the game. So yeah, and the final game I started was Period Cube, Chuckles of Amadeus, and... Wait, 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 don't, don't tell me. It's Notome. Yeah, it is. God. It, it was a, a weird like thing, right? <laughs> it could not be. Okay, so as Freak already guessed, it is an Otome game, and... Uh, this one is a very interesting one because, first of all, it has the same uh, artist as the only other automate that I know of this artist is Black Wolf Saga, and that one is a, like a dark fantasy automate. But for some reason, the style of this artist fits perfectly both that setting and this setting. This setting is... Okay, allow me to tell you like more or less the beginning of the story that is like, okay, this character, which name I totally didn't forget because I'm bad at names, Kasuha. Uh, she is like a high school student and she's, she kind of lost contact with her brother, but she was like, okay, he probably is busy. But then this childhood friend of hers comes and says, hey, I can't get a hold of your, of your brother. Uh, which, by the way, they kind of, like, played an MMO together. And it has been, like, such amount of time. Uh, have you heard anything from him? And then she starts getting worried. And instead of, I don't know, telling the parents and saying, hey, can we go visit brother? No, she goes by herself with her childhood friend to visit her brother. And first of all, the guy got a message that says... Don't get near world V, as in V, like, in beta. And then it's like, huh, what does this mean? And they get into an apartment and there's like a huge blue screen saying, entering world B. Oh my god, I wonder what this means. 
and they and they this they say it's like hey this is like the insignia of the MMO we were playing together so maybe there's some clues in in the MMO like because at that point they already went to to the brothers uh university or college I don't remember which one and talk with uh, some fellow students and they were like no I don't know where he is so it's like okay let's try to talk with with his online friends maybe they know anything about about him or maybe they they're still in contact with him so they get into world B of this game after being told not to not to go near it and now they are trapped because in this game they pray their consciousness kind of got transferred to the game and now they are like actual people inside this game and they you know in a sense they got like spirited away if you want you want if you want to see it like that way and now they have to clear this tower to get out of the game and there's like these um the jaws like these uh gray areas in the game where if you touch it well you go bye bye and if you die inside the game you die in real life because sort of online logarizon not enough anime has already done it but okay that being aside like the overall setting of the game even if i'm telling it like the average version i'm making fun of it it's the way they tell it is kind of interesting. And also the way they use the game mechanics, because there are times where you're like given options like, oh, run away from the enemy, attack, or play harp because play the harp, because the the main character has a character in the game that is a minstrel, so she's a support character. And not only that, she um She's also somehow like her character got programmed to be like this. Um, I don't want to say item in the game, but they treat her like an item in the game as the Almighty Amadeus, and there's the other part of the title. And supposedly, if they like go together into this tower with the main character and these two other swords that are like, um, like legendary items inside the game where there's only one of them, then. Uh, they can clear the arc or something like that. And the thing with this is the way they do, they integrate the MMO elements of the game, even if you don't like play like an MMO and it's just a visual novel where you make decisions, it's nice. And there's another thing that has been like, um like topical on the otome uh otome sphere in twitter is that we kind of miss when you when when you make an option and it's not directly like um it's not evident how it's gonna affect the story because in this case like in the first chapter it's like oh you can either like confront this uh this thing like head on, or you can play the harp to uh buff your opponent or debuff the the enemy, or you can just run away. And depending on which route you you go with, 
is pretty much like which first character you you run into to get help. And that defines, for example, if you're going with the angel clan or the demon clan, which by the way, it's like the Alliance and the Horde on, on World of Warcraft. They, they, these two factions that fight each other. And given that the, the main character, for some reason, isn't like either of them, because, well, blood needs it, then she gets like, um, she gets into either clan and either trains or, I, I don't remember how the story goes in the other clans, but at the very least with the angel clans, he, she trains and learns the, in, the ins and outs of the game to pretty much survive. Which is nice. And I'm gonna say it, like before I actually played some MMOs RPGs, I didn't like it's not that I didn't get all the references, but I didn't get like all the little like nudges or Easter eggs of, of this thing. And now I'm like, hey, I know that. I love it. So yeah, that's uh, I think I already finished a route of this game. And there are I think six or seven. They're pretty short, but they are a lot. So I'm going to probably be talking about this game like for the next couple of weeks if I don't bomb rush it or something like for, that. For the next period of time. For the next period of time. Thanks, Rick. And why don't you take, take it away? Now it's my period to talk about my playing game. So um, <clears throat> not a lot new for me. Um, the Witcher is still there. I, I still barely touched it, but that should be changing sooner rather than later um a fair bit of multiplayer this week so uh some more nidhogg on vita this time uh, that game's so good i think what i've realized playing it more recently is how much i love that it makes you play your opponent more than the game because the inputs are so limited you have a jump you have an attack um you have your sort of three levels of um, stance and you can obviously throw the sword and do like a, a jumping kick kind of thing but so much of it is playing to what you think your opponent's going to do rather than um, any real flourish with the movesets because there really isn't one um, it's a shame that they got Nidhogg 2 so wrong because that first game was just pure distilled fun um, and it, it, it's still the one I would recommend to people over the sequel, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, we also went back and played some Mario Kart Wii, which, goddamn, that's a throwback. It's, DS was always my Mario Kart, but Wii's a good time. Um, yeah, it, it's great. I don't know that there's anything that I can say about Mario Kart that hasn't already been said or thought. It's, this Mario Kart is it's the good one. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Too right. Um, so there's two games beyond those that I really want to actually talk about. The first is Aviary Attorney. Um, I played through the first two cases of that announcement at the point where you get the proper meat of the story, really. Um, I forgot how good the writing is in this game. It's so much fun. The sense of comedic timing, uh, the, the way they characterize those little bird fellows, it's just wonderful. Um, I think my current favorite is probably Kingfisher, the fishing bird who hates being called a fisherman. He's, he's not just a fisherman just because he fishes, but he does fish, and he does have that fishing rod in court. But, you know, he's not... Don't do that to him. Don't be like that. 
<laughs> I it's such a great little game, and I can't wait to finish it and justify a spoiler cast on it because I think there's lots to talk about there. Um, the, the other one, and I touched briefly on this last week, is Astral Chain. Um, I haven't played a lot more, but I have sorted out the control scheme. Um, not a massive fan of the fact that you have like four presets and that's it. I'm a massive fan that they let you make attack the Y button again, which is where, where my muscles think it should be. Um, the game is a lot more enjoyable with it tweaked that way. Um, still early days. I don't think I'm going to be the kind of person who tries to 100% that game. Um, but I am looking forward to getting my teeth into it and um, unlocking some more Legatuses and, and getting into the depths of that combat system. Um, I, I have to say already for a Switch game, it looks unbelievably good. Um, I like the setting. I like the concept. Um, much more than I was last week, I'm excited to play more and see where it goes. So that's a big change, which I'm very pleased to be able to report back. Um, but yeah, that that's me in terms of what I'm playing at the moment. Nice. Um, Alex. Yeah. yeah, so going from a Switch game that looks great to one that does not, I'm playing Pokemon Legends Arceus right now. <laughs> Listen, you know, here's the thing. This game, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's 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 kind of, like, it feels quite inspired by Let's Go. Um, hmm. Pikachu a lot. In the sense that, like, in that game, you know, you would get multipliers for catching, mul like, Pokemon multiple times in a row. And, like, in this one, you know, you have research tasks. So, like, it's not just about catching one Pokemon. Like, you want to catch it a bunch. You want to battle a bunch. You have all these different things that you can do. And so, in a lot of ways, I'm like, it really reminds me quite a bit of Pokemon um let's go in some ways like they're they're like taking all of these ideas they were flirting with in other games and putting them into one but what i will truly truly say and i know it's been memed about and some people are like maybe it's an exaggeration this game looks like fucking ass it is bad looking like it is yeah. just bad looking like the even the ground looks bad and like the draw distances are a nightmare like shit just pops in so and like even the grass even the fucking grass is just like so spread out and like boop, 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 boop. like it's just anyway. it's no exaggeration to call it ps1-esque texture work yeah like I, girlfriend yeah. reviews had a great thing where they were like welcome to uh pokemon n64 like something like that like it's like <laughs> genuinely like it, it looks a lot like that like character models look nice you know like they're, they're great and the pokemon look great right it's just and like <sighs> It's very fun, and that's why I'm almost like a little more pissed off because I'm like, you fuckers, you can make a better game than this. Like, you know, you can make it look better than this. But anyway, here's the good news: is that I think the the core mechanics of this game are so much fun that if they can just spend a little more time polishing up some of their other aspects, this could make for a really wonderful series. We like you in this type of kind of gameplay. I have a strong feeling because we're recording this in the day where they just announced their next main line, which I was like, holy shit. Okay. New main line this year. Like thought I knew they tried to release something in the end of 2022, but like a new main line, you're like, damn, that's a little fast. I'm going to be curious because I think if they don't incorporate the changes that they've made in Arceus into their main lines, I'm going to be curious to see how it's received because this really is like a breath of fresh air into this game and into this kind of styling like it just feels like monster hunter pokemon 
in the best possible ways, right? Where like you're going out, you have like the central home base, you're doing this research, you're, you're crafting things, you're um, making your team, but like also you get to choose when your Pokemon evolve. Um, like they don't just auto do it. You would click in and you evolve them. And like, there's so much more, you just have like so much more control and like choice in your Pokemon. And like, you can actually like, like teaching them a move doesn't mean that it vanishes forever. Like you can actually like slot old moves back in and stuff. Like there's more move choice as well. Um, which is like super fucking cool. I was like, Oh, why? Yeah. Why was I ever allowed to do this? Like now I can actually like, if there's a move that I like, but I'm like, I only got four slots. I'm like, Oh, okay. I can come back later and I can put that in if I want. I can, I can adjust how that works. And, um, yeah, it's fun running around too and finding them like, you know, hiding around. I will say the Pokemon aren't very like, they're not, they, they don't have a lot of personality in the sense that like, and I, I didn't expect this, but like, you know, when you play something like Pokemon Snap, right? Like they're kind of doing their thing and they're in their areas. And this one, they do to a degree, right? Like some of them are more aggressive than others. You know, they're milling around in certain areas, but it's not like they're like, it's not like they're living in the environment really, right? Like, it's not like you're going to see, I don't know, Starly, like, chilling up in a tree, um, you know, eating something or some shit. Like, no, they're going to be hopping around on the ground. Like, that's how this kind of works. Um, so that's maybe one critique I'd have of it at the moment. Also, its tutorial is just really long. <laughs> I'm like, I get it, let me play. But I also understand it's fucking Pokemon. It's always like that, right? Where you're just like, no, I can figure this out, all right? Like, you don't have to show me everything. I can figure it out. <laughs> um, but I've I've gotten through it now. It's probably a few hours. Sounds like it's actually similar to, like, I heard Horizon Forbidden West apparently has, like, a three-hour tutorial at this point. And, like, I think it it's a little bit like mm. that. Yeah, it's similar to that. But they do let you do things. And anyway, um, I'm, I really like it. I really like where they're going with this. I just, again... I don't want to let them off the hook for the the graphical stuff because I know sometimes they say like, oh, graphics don't matter. I'm like, no, that's that's always been bullshit. They do matter. Um, it, they don't have to be perfect, but like the visual quality of a game obviously matters. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna I, be stirring up the game for 10, 20, 30 hours. It better look good. Plus, it it tells you so much about what you're supposed to be doing, right? Like, I don't know. That argument's never held water for me. Like graphics don't matter god give me a break they don't have to be like perfect but like if you talk about a game like wind waker and you tell me graphics don't matter in that game baloney that that like makes the charm of it right like it's just like such a huge mm-hmm. facet of it um graphics don't always matter but like a game like this they absolutely do but also the choice yeah. matters right like even if you're doing a super minimalist that's still a choice on it right and so like you're still i don't know all i'm saying is like it, it does matter for me at least and in one like this especially where it's kind of this open world design where you're like going through to find pokemon and like you look at the if you look at the distance and you see if there's like a flying pokemon or anything they're like like two frames per second like off in the distance and you're just like oh that gross <laughs> like oh man it just i don't know it makes me wonder how the fuck is the switch going to keep going for another few years like it's just starting to hit that limit you know like there's just a point where I'm like, this thing needs a little more power for like companies developing now because I don't know. I I just, I feel like we're hitting that point, right? Where like the new consoles are like really gaining steam and like 
in a year or two, they're going to be the standard, right? Like they're all, it's all, the shift's already happening, but like they will be the standard very soon. And I'm like, bro, I don't know if, if you fuck a Pokemon company, you can barely make it work. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to make I mean, it work. to be fair, the Pokemon company, I don't want to talk bad about them, but they don't. Lie. don't yes, you do. yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. They could be doing better in optimization and stuff like that because yes. the switch can run Breath of the Wild, the switch can run exactly. Shin Megami Tensor Five, the switch can run Astral Chain. Yeah, I, I think why can't the they like, right? like do a better Pokemon? This is the point. The Game Boy Advance can fucking run Tomb Raider. If any of you seen that yeah. nutty homebrew project recently, it's a question of how much effort and optimization and yeah. like coding genius is involved to make it happen. Like you don't exactly. see devs for PS5 and whatever the up to their Xbox is jumping through that kind of hoop to get True. a game to run and look gorgeous on that system. It's a requisite on Switch to get something even looking close to that good. Um, I would, in fact, go one step further and say the point at which that hardware is just too far behind to make anything multiplat make sense has already been and gone. Oh, way um, gone. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a question of how long Nintendo cling to a good thing before they make the next move. My gut says it's got to happen later this year, really, because by then, what the the newer consoles been out two years? Yeah, because they came out last yeah. year, right? They came, well, wait, hold on, they came out in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, because yeah. I've had an Xbox now for a year. Um, the longer they wait, the so. dicier it is, in essence. Um, yeah, but it's on the horizon. It's going to be coming soon. Yeah, better. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really fucking bad. I mean, it worries me with like all the chip shortages and stuff too. And like, I'm like, I wonder if they had more plans, and now they're just like, maybe we'll hold off. Anyway, whatever. Well, we'll that's the with the OLED yeah. being like the minimal jump that it is. Yeah, I think we touched on it ourselves when it just came out. Whether um, in a in a different non-pandemic reality, that system comes out looking very different to what we actually got. Yeah. I do want. I think they already said like there were there are gonna be less switches like jumping around like this year than last year. Yes. And well, one has to wonder if they are like trying like to go with I don't know another like uh set of chips or anything like that that maybe they are already like uh ordered like very very far ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, to whatever company. I don't know though. Like, <sighs> Nintendo's becoming, seems like they're being more traditional these days like, with their new leadership. And anyway, whatever. This is all speculation. But like, I just, it's one of the, it's like almost one of the best selling consoles of all time now. Like, it's outsold the Wii, which tells you everything you need to know. I think it outsold the PS4 as well now. Um, yeah, pro- quite probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's doing extremely, extremely well. Um, yeah, and it's 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 creeping up there in terms of other uh, other games. Like when you look at it, yeah, it's like like what like nine point ninety one million or something. Yeah, my God, that's insane. Um, anyway, all, all this is to say, um, get your shit together, Pokemon Company. <laughs> 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 I love your games. I'll buy them all, but get your shit together. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what else am I playing? Well, I'm also playing... Oh, yeah, I'm still playing Half-Life Alex. Still fantastic. 
Um, I think I joked about this last week, but like I finally like actually put my headset on appropriately and like the game was suddenly crystal clear and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, adjust that headset. Um, again, playing It Takes Two. We're in the snow place now and it, oh God, so lovely. My my partner loves playing this with me too. She's like, we play, though it's super fucking funny. So she, uh, <laughs> God, she's not good at platforming. Not good at platforming at all. Like mm-hmm. it's it's controlling that camera and the jumping. And I have to say, the the like female character one seems to have to do a lot of platforming in the game. And maybe it's just because I'm getting yep. it so easily. Yeah. And it's so funny because she will make it, but she'll always at the last second fuck it up. So like yep. she'll jump and then she'll yep. hit the dash and she'll fall off the side. And I'm just laughing because I'm like. You manage to complete the complex platforming and always like jerk reaction at the very end. <laughs> and she's frustrated. And I'm just giggling because like for me, honestly, it's just fucking funny because I'm just like, I'm like waiting at like the next lever area. <laughs> I'm like, no, you got it. You can do it. Um, so she's getting better at that now though. She's learning that control of like, don't press the button after you land. Like, just wait. <laughs> I mean, the other thing with that game is just like the amount of opportunities just to mess with your teammates. So like, Yes. There's a bit in an area later on yep. from where you're going. Um, if I tell you peeling back the leaves, Paola probably knows the bits. And like when you peel them back and when you release them, you can get you can like kill your partner. And I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, there's various platforms you have to manipulate at different times in the game where you can like oh. Oh, Ooh, I've killed her a few you, times. Oh, yeah, me too, man. It's funny. It's yeah, crazy. I've been further a few times with both. Yeah, the penalty is so minimal. Exactly. So, you you feel like you can just fuck about with it. It's great. Yeah. I did that with like there's the two walls that separate, and she was like jump jump yes. jump, and I tried crunch. <laughs> I was like no. <laughs> I was like you were too slow. Faster. <laughs> it's just very fun. Like yeah, it, it's definitely a game that lets you just like fuck around and have fun. Um, Recall the, the nail the the nail gun. Yeah. yeah. The nail oh, guy's the like oh, so oh never mind. You were just gonna jump into that mm-hmm. nail. Never mind. Yank. Where you're at, uh, Alex, like there's a bit where you can pick snowballs up and you just get to run around with them. And what you can do is if you throw them at your partner when they're mid-jump, you can just send them into the abyss. <laughs> That's yep, amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely doing that. Oh, she's going to hate me. <laughs> but anyway, it, I, I got to say, I love how inventive all the areas are. So I can't wait to talk yeah. about this in a spoiler cast because we're going to have a good time. <laughs> uh, we got this in Aviary Attorney. Those are two we got to hit. Um... I also, I, I downloaded Picross Never Ends. So uh, there's this game called Pixel Cross Adventure. And uh, it's really clever. It's like you're actually like on like a little adventure, but you're, you know, it's like a top down game. And like you go through and like this, like this lady has like, um, like gotten rid of all of these like items in the world and turned them into nonograms. And so you have to go and like solve the, the, nonograms you know the, the picross puzzles and then the items will reappear in the world like in their actual pixel um art and it's really it's really cool in that sense because like you actually finish something and voila you've like repopulated the world um so i really like it like i'm actually like oh this is like a fun take on picross and what i will say is like again jupiter is the only one who has a good ui system for their picross puzzles every other one who has done it has never quite captured what they have. They just, the feel is perfect. And what I find in this game, I don't really know why, but it feels like I have, it feels like the the puzzles are slower. Like I had to press more to like get it to like actually activate and work. And they never have, they don't have, 
so many of these games they never put in the like mark a space button which is like not like not the x or not the actual dot but like just putting like a mark on something to like remind you of like what's there or like so when you're checking and it drives me crazy when they don't do that i'm like put that in that's just great anyway small picross things but if you like picross like this is shit you probably want to look out for. Um, I do recommend it though, because I think it's a fun novel take on it. And um, if you've like, you know, burned through so much Picross and you're just like, I want some more, this is a great thing. I just, it's so good for watch. I I did this while watching the Peacemaker uh, show, which is very good. And also Cuphead has a show on Netflix now and it's awesome. So I watched the first episode. It is so wholesome. Like you can tell it's aimed at kids, but it is just good fun. It's very old school fun. Like I'm just yeah. like it's it's a great like yeah. I'm like this is this is just excellent, man. Maybe I'll play the game at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, that was Pixel Cross Adventure. And lastly, I got a new phone cuz I was like, telling the others that like I just got a text from my carrier. I had it at a Samsung A9 and they were like, "Hey, do you want the same phone plan that you have? Like the same price except 7.5 times the data?" And I was like, "I oh, guess I do want that." <laughs> I'm like of course i want that what, what oh, wow that's a lot of data and um and again it was like exactly the same price so i was like oh shit okay um and they're like you just need to get a new phone and the samsung like s22 pluses or whatever just came out in canada like i guess the day before i didn't even realize it was the day before but like i went down to like you know carrier and like samsung was like yeah we'll give you and like it was like it was like half off the phone um and then you put it on like this tab thing or whatever so i was kind of like what okay, nice. Um, I think I just like lucked out at the right time, you know, like was with them for long enough. Um, but I thought like, I wonder what games look like on this because God damn, it's beautiful. It's so big. Like a QHD screen. I think it's like 1440p. Yeah. Uh, well it's hold on. The screen is absolutely unreal. Um, it's a M O L E D. I think, um, <laughs> it's definitely an AMOLED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Screen. Yeah, let's look at the specifications. Let's 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 get real into this. We're gonna get real into this phone. I've just got all these nice new toys these days. <laughs> like <laughs> this week on the How Long to Beat Gaming podcast, phone specs. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, six point six inch flat FHD plus dynamic AMOLED two times infinity OLED display. Jesus. Does it give you a pixel count? Uh, it says three hundred ninety three PPI. 230 no no pixel count 120 hertz refresh rate though which is nice and it's like a very like it, it that's the dynamic down. bit it can roll all the way down to like i think it's either one or 40 10. i think yeah like, yeah yeah it can go really low yeah hdr 10 plus certified a whole bunch of shit um pixel count oh i wonder let's find out like how many by how many oh oh, like oh, oh 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 right 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 14, it's it's two uh 2030 40 by 1080 um oh okay yeah it's like it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Mm. It can do it. It said it could do up to like, I don't know, it's like 4K, 60 or something, or 8K, 8K something. I don't know. It could do a lot. And it's uh, it's very um, it's very pretty. And it looks very beautiful. And it's very smooth. And I'm like, and frankly, I don't give a shit. It's like, I just wanted a phone that's nice. And it was going to last me for at least, you know, three to five years, hopefully, because fucking phones and their software shit. And like, I just saw Samsung like promising five years at least of, software stuff so i'm like okay at least this hopefully isn't going to die on me real fast um and i, I want to ask then 
Yeah. Because I, I was convinced the smartwatch you were wearing was an Apple Watch. I thought you were an Apple guy. What watch no, is that you've got? On? Oh, it's just a Fitbit. Actually, it was just my dad. He gave me because oh. he got an Apple Watch, and so he just gave me his old Fitbit. Because I was like, oh, okay, sure, why not? Yeah. So right. it's it's just a Fitbit Versa. I've got all this tech stuff, and I'm like, yay! <laughs> no, I don't like <laughs> I don't like Apple, man. I, I I had it back in the day, but like the versatility of Android for me is just where it's at. You know, I don't like being locked in. Tennessee. Ah, there you go. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, also, the camera is gorgeous. God, God damn it. Um, anyway, so all that to say is, I got a new phone, so I decided, why don't I see what mobile games might look like on this? Um, and I don't like mobile gaming because I'm gonna be with you. It's fucking cancer when you go onto the Google Play Store and you're just like all these images that are like, spend your ultra rare platinum diamond coins here <laughs> you're like just fuck off get xp boosts for three times when you sign up today and i'm like i would rather shoot myself um but then i was like it's by one ps2 port from 2002 31.99 right yeah come play final fuck. fantasy 6 not the, the new pixel remaster but a phone one. one it's gonna cost you 30 dollars <laughs> and you're like uh-huh I'm like, ah, what? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, and it's touch <laughs> controls. Yeehaw! Woo! So you're like, oh, fuck. But uh, I decided instead, I'm like, no, you know what? I saw the room was on there. It was a dollar. So I was like, well, fuck. I'm, I mean, I thought about maybe I played a PC, but I was like five, six bucks on the PC. And I was like, fuck that. Dollar on the phone. Let's try it out. And it's awesome on the phone. It yeah. works great. In fact, some of the puzzles, I was like, they redid this for the phone, didn't they? Because there's no way this is how this works on the PC. Because there's like the way some... around. I think they redid it for the PC. I think these games were is phone that... first. They were phone first. Right. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense because there's like gyros gyroscope stuff, and there's like um, mm-hmm. multiple inputs at certain points where you have to like actually be pressing at the same time. And I was like, can't the do PC's that. PC's the port, not the other way around. Good. Yeah. Maybe I will play the rest of them on the phone then because it's really great on the phone and like it looks gorgeous. Um, and it honestly looks like because. I noticed that there was like an older version and a newer version or something. Like uh, when I went on Steam, it was saying the PC one. And I was looking at the PC version. I was like, hey, that's what the one on my phone looks like. So I'm like, okay, must be like the nice enhanced version. Um, So anyway, it's great and really cheap on the phone. So I was like, fuck it, do that. Um, So I don't know if anyone knows of any good, like, you know, mobile games that aren't, you know what I'm saying, that aren't mobile games. um, Let me know. I'll throw it to you now and I'll throw it to the audience at home. Rusty Lake series. They're like escape room games. They're really, really good. Oh, good. Okay. That sounds great. That seems to be like just a really like winning combo on phones, like the kind of escape room stuff. It just seems to, I don't know. It seems to fit really nicely. Um, You said Rusty Lake. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's the Cube Escape ones, which are all like the free ones. And then there's a few Rusty Lake ones, but it's all the same, same universe. And it's like a big overarching mad story but the puzzles oh. all sort of work in a fun independent of said story there are so many cube escape games okay <laughs> yeah but each one's like 10 minutes long like they're uh, real bite-sized the rusty lakes was a bit longer cool all right i'm so down thank you for mentioning those all right anyway You're welcome. that's the shit that i'm playing and actually two things that i want to foreshadow real quick um i got like a nice little connector for like my uh, gamecube controllers for my pc so um I don't know, you know, Narrell, I think it is. He made like a, a HD texture pack for Majora's Mask. I'm aware of Narrell, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm uh, I'm going to be setting that up because he has an awesome video, even showing how to set Dolphin up properly too. So I'm just going to be setting that up. And I think I'm going to finally play through Majora's Mask 
Um, and the thing is, I don't want to play it on the Switch online because I hate that uh, service. Um, yeah. I don't really want to play it on the 3DS because I know there are issues with the 3DS one. And I tried it on the 3DS and I wasn't a big fan of that one. Foreshadowing for what we're about to talk about. Um, and um, so I think I'm going to do it on a PC because I, I got this beautiful new screen. I'm like, I want to take advantage of it. I'm going to play with a guide because I always bug out of Majora's Mask. And I think I just need something to guide me along a bit. And I'm going to jump into Cyberpunk again because uh, they far, it's finally, Cyberpunk 2077 has finally been released. Uh, so I guess ah. I- <laughs> properly released yeah two weeks ago on the on the series x at least i'd actually would say it has genuinely just been released because it did not have an upgraded patch so the game just came out a few weeks ago and i'm excited to play it because it looks wonderful <laughs> um so with all that being said why don't we i think that's a nice um a nice transition actually talking about Majora's mask why don't we jump into uh our topic which is the 3ds um a console that i weirdly enough like I love this thing, but also it's a bit of an ugly duckling in some ways. <laughs> hey, don't talk bad about the 3DS. I mean, it got me back into Nintendo, like honestly, because I was out for a long time. Because once the Wii was gone, it's, you know, I was PS4, and then that was that. And like, you fucking buying the Wii U, you know. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to buy that. But then the 3DS was around, and I was like, oh, there's Smash Brothers on the 3DS. Well, well, well. Which, I, yeah. I was going to say, the 3DS and the Wii U, as much as I loved the 3DS, they, they were both systems with solutions in search of problems, probably more so the Wii U, mm-hmm. because that, that input method and that dual screen thing with a handheld screen and a big screen on paper was cool but like over the course of that thing's life no one really found a great reason for it to exist or a thing that it yeah. did any better maybe zombie yeah. you kind of but mm. like that's the only one that springs to mind 3ds like that 3d definitely made certain things better yes but it didn't click for a lot of people um i mean i leave it on for almost everything but i recognize that i'm an outlier based on um the amount of people you hear talking about how the 3d on it was trash and um, how well the 2DS version sold um, and all that kind of thing. Well, it also s- had the misfortune of falling right at the end of that sort of uh, mainstream 3D craze. Yeah. Even though it was something that Nintendo had been toying with forever and ever and ever, it felt like it just dropped a smidge too late. And it was around kind of like a moral panic time where people were like, oh my God, 3D is going to ruin your children's eyeballs. <laughs> right? So and like, around a business panic time where everyone was like, well, yeah. smartphones are the future, yo. Yeah, so they're like, why would you yeah. play games mobile game? Like, why would you play on an actual like console instead of just playing in mobile games? And then you're like, because buttons will always be better. But <laughs> And then it didn't help yep. that at release it had fucking Ridge Racer, Rayman 2 again, yeah. and uh, Pilot Wings, which was like, a half hour game that also sort of released on Wii a year and a bit ago as part of Wii Sports Resort. And I think what's interesting is the 3DS to me is potentially a vision of what's about to happen with Nintendo where like it releases and everyone's like, well, why should I get that? I got my DS. (laughs) And you're like, and then ultimately it's like, well, what games do you have on this? And then they don't want to develop solely necessarily for that so they they start to do that but then they don't have any like real good shit for it yet and so people aren't jumping over to it and it's a whole freaking rigmarole and i'm just like i'll be curious to see what ends up happening with the switch but that's that's for future future thoughts um mm. what i will say with the 3ds that i 
I, I did like the kind of form factor of the thing. Like it's just such a, a solid beefy boy um, in all the best ways. <laughs> and like, cause I don't know, I, as much as I loved my DS Lite, that thing fucking cut my palms, you know? <laughs> it was so mm. sharp. It was just like, like it just like it would like get into my hands like that little like you know how it had that edge to it it was like the sharp edge um on it that i just found like because did you have a dsi or did you have like the ds light like the small i had all three i had a ds yeah. fat which was my probably my yeah, favorite I had the fat too i love that I, boy. I, I side story i have like a, a case coming in like on a slow boat from china i'm gonna like fix my old broken ds fat i'm gonna Ooh. do a case mod on it so exciting news for that but I had a DS Fat, which was the love of my life. Uh, I had a DS Lite, which I really, really liked. I had a DSi, which was fine, but those those extra features were just bloody pointless. But I had all three. And then um, I skipped the regular 3DS. Yeah. Because as much too. as I visually liked that tritone design, um, that was an uncomfortable damn console. My brother had like the limited edition Hyrule one they did for Ocarina of Time was not a fan um yeah ditto like the, the 3ds xl at the time just it wasn't quite right um i really loved the new 3ds that they did with the changeable face plates um i have two one that's hacked and it's got like a a wooden style sort of um mario power flower thing going on um and um a clean one that's got like kirby face plates that are just beautiful um I didn't like the regular 3DS design from a comfort perspective, is what I'm trying to say. Maybe that's the one I'm actually thinking of, not as much the DS Lite. I just know there was one of them, because I was looking at the DS Lite, I was like, no, that's not the one. It's got to be the regular 3DS that cut you. Yeah, Yeah, it just hurt my hands. The consensus with the DS Lite is that that was a comfy-ass console, and I I still play mine, so I I've got one in my closet, yeah. (laughs) I know, I actually regret not getting the, uh, the new DS uh, 3ds like i kind of wish i hadn't but like got the 3ds xl but i didn't know it was coming because like yeah that thing was nice they i do think they butchered things by trying to make exclusives for that one because that was like bound to fail <laughs> or just like but i get it though because xenoblaze yes. you can tell needed that power oh yeah um mm-hmm. but yeah. then it what were the exclusives it was that and fire emblem Warriors earthbound and... <laughs> like remember there oh, were yeah, snes the games SNES, the SNES yeah the snes games I mean, Which, that was a business move. There was no yes. way that was a power requirement. God, no. <laughs> if it is, then the 3DS had bigger problems on its hands. Um, yeah, because, I mean, when you think about... Hold on. The 3DS's launch date, because wasn't it in, like, 20, 2011, right? 2011. Yeah. And yep. these were, like, 2011, 2012. <laughs> I love... Okay, I just looked up. I was like, 3DS launch date. One of the first things, you know how the people also ask thing? The first one is, was the 3DS a failure? <laughs> I'm just like, oof. And like, but I mean, initially, initially, god damn, yes, it was. Yes. They had to drop the price and release a load of first party games and ride a wave before it like turned things around. Well, remember that nightmare of where yeah. they had like the early adopters came on and then they like immediately had this like uh, change around. And so they had to, because uh, they dropped the price. And so then they gave them all a bunch of Game Boy Advance games, right? Because it was like, never got released anywhere else. I yeah. think, I mean, yeah. that, that's about as well as they could have handled it in fairness. It's like, Absolutely. yeah, we're sorry, we kind of shafted you on price. Here's a makeup sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Did you want to add something? Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, I, I thought Paola had something. Yeah, but... yeah. 
I'm trying to like start to I'm trying to to see like where to start like adding the stuff I was about to say because like for <laughs> me the 3ds the 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 3ds XL mm-hmm. was my return to gaming after I don't know how many years. So for me, uh, this and uh, later on my new 3ds XL uh, were like the the what opened the door to gaming for me and where I start trying. I start trying like all kinds of different games and where mm. I, I discover series like Fire Emblem or Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, this is my Fire Emblem discovery machine too. <laughs> yeah, Yours and everyone else's, I think. It's mad to think that Awakening was like the make or break game for that series and goddamn was it a make. Yes. Yep. Maybe that's... Like, you, know, oh, you know what's funny about that? I was on the United States like around the time Fire Emblem dropped. And the last day before my cousin dropped me by the airport was like on the release week of Fire Emblem, and I was and we were we went to a game store that day, and I was like, "Hey, what is this? <laughs> this looks interesting. There, there's source. So it's kind of like a fantasy setting. I want to try this out." And literally, like. Just that impulse purchase pretty much like kick off my love for Fire Emblem. The rest, as they say, is history. The rest is history. Well, it's kind of a point you have there too. That like, I feel like the 3DS. Honestly, it's it's the JRPG slash strategy RPG beast, right? And like, yeah, I think a large part of that is likely due to the fact that, let's be honest here, this was primarily successful in japan right like yes it was a success in other areas but i think i think we're like when we look at something like the switch where this has just this like worldwide broad appeal it does seem to me a little more that there was just like maybe more of a guarantee that if you put a game out it's going to succeed at least in japan like i'm you know like think about all the the rpgs that are on there that are so like um japan focused and I don't know. It just seems to me like when I when I play it, I'm like, this is one that didn't it didn't um it didn't break into the West as much, and particularly on the developer side. Like when you think about the best games on the 3DS, that list is like basically entirely from Japan, right? Um, mostly, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. I think of even like I think I have right now like Games Radar has like one open right now, and there's like Shovel Knight. Uh-huh. Um, Shovel Knight, Steam World, <laughs> uh, and then all the other oh Metroid because Metroid was made by European team, so we got that Mercury Steam, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like all the other games are Japanese developed games, and so you're like, or though wait, was Luigi Luigi's Mansion isn't because Luigi's Mansion was developed in Canada, wasn't it? I you tell me, Maya. I think it was. I, that's a little known fact because they were like another like, company. Anyway, like of like 25 games they've listed, basically four were developed outside, but are like Nintendo owned properties, right? So you're like, you know, it's like one of those things where you're just like, okay, that's the focus. Whereas when you look at the Switch, I mean, look at all the different support that that thing's been getting, right? Like it's just all over the place. Though it does seem to be slowing down a little bit in terms of the external support. Just a little bit. A wee bit. Oh, how dare you! 
He's still got it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have to say, oddly enough, the 3DS kind of got me into indie gaming. Um, because I remember Humble Bundle would do would actually did a few like 3DS bundles. Well, they did 3DS and Wii U. I mean, those Wii U codes have gone unclaimed. So if anyone's looking for some uh, <laughs> some indie Wii U titles, Pally, you want them? Sure, I'll send you some I codes. I got a Wii U. I'm one of like the five people that have a Wii U. Here. Sure, Pally, I'm gonna send you some codes. Okay, actually, I don't know if you'll be able to receive them. Maybe you can. I don't know. It depends. Maybe they might not Maybe. let you in your in your eShop, but we'll find out. If someone's they in were, Canada they were and wants them, specific with those codes because yeah. I couldn't even sign up for that right. thing again. Well, maybe if you're in Canada and you want one, let me know. <laughs> T-Mac, nice. do you have a Wii U? <laughs> I don't think so, but hey. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but That's yeah. probably our cue to maybe start talking about games, right? Yeah, well, I thought, we, yeah, let's right. get on the games. Because I was saying SteamWorld. That was my big ones. Like, I played SteamWorld Dig on there, SteamWorld Dig 2. And I think I played Heist on there as well. Um, yeah, like, SteamWorld, yeah, and, and Shovel Knight. Like, those, like... 2D games, like I was like, I was all over that shit. Like it was so much fun. Which is interesting because they were all on Vita. And although I suppose you jumped off of the Vita and back by that point. Those games were always more comfortable to me on Vita, which is always an interesting one. Um so I think I ended up playing Dig on Vita. And I have played a couple of 2D games on the 3DS, and where the, the D-pad's positioned it is a little bit of an awkward hold. Whereas on Vita, it's just way more comfortable. Um, trying to think in terms of platformers I did play. Obviously, the Box Boy series. You guys have heard me talk more than enough about those. They are wonderful games. Go and play those. They're really, really cheap. Um, yeah, the D-pad does make your finger feel oh. a little shitty. <laughs> speaking of awkward yeah, controls, it played... uprising. Oh, sorry, go on. We'll come back to that. Oh, sorry, go on, because I played a uh, Trouble Night on the 3DS I until well something happened yeah. and... I didn't go back to it because, but yeah, the box wagons. Um, uh, and I, I, sorry, at the time I didn't play like many platformers, so I can't really speak for the V pad on the 3ds. Oh, I did try out the um, Mega Man collection. Don't oh. play it on the 3ds. Go yeah, play it somewhere else with an yeah. actual like more comfortable setup for those <laughs> platformers. Especially those and, ones. <laughs> yeah, especially those ones. And speaking of awkward controls, or, or what some people thought were awkward controls, Kid Icarus Uprising. God, that was divisive. But, amazing game. That amazing game. It's, it's I a fans, isn't it? I mean, I, if you came from DS first-person shooters, you already had that, like, touchscreen aiming, right. left-hand moving and shooting. You already had that down pat. And that was definitely where I felt. And that game was so good. Um, it, it's a shame. So I remember it was a conversation point at the time. It's a shame that they couldn't quite get it set up for circle pad support. So it had it so that you could use the circle pad to make your right hand movement and shooting. Um, and I remember Sakurai coming out at the time and saying, we barely had time to get that implemented, let alone trying to make it um, dual stick aiming. But... Mm. I mean, the, the the core game is so good. Um, I, I think there'd be very little to criticize if it had dual stick. Um, I loved it for what it was. And if you needed it, the stand it came with like made it just fine as well. Yeah, um, the stand was a savior and it still is. 
Mm. Yeah, but I, I think we're sort of in agreement that action games were not this console's strong suit. It really was all about the RPGs. Um, and that probably is where I want to pull Shin Megami Tensei back into the mix. Yes. A, because it had a really strong showing on 3DS. I think there were six SMT titles total. Um, <laughs> let me see. Is Shimami Tensei 4, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Devil Summoner, Devil Survivor 1, Devil Survivor 2, and oh, Strange Devil Summoner. Yeah, Devil Summoner. Soul Hackers. Soul Hackers, yeah. That, is it Devil Summoner? Soul anyway, yeah, it's so, yeah, Devil Summoner, Soul Hackers. That's the full name of the game. God, I forget what it's called. And that's an interesting one because if you want to play the sequel, which is coming not too far into the future, uh, mm-hmm. your only way to officially play that game in English, the original, is 3DS. And as archaic as it is, it still holds up. But mm-hmm. more importantly, and it, it it's an interesting bit of um, uh, coincidence, I suppose, in that SMT5 was my reason to get onto the Switch side of things. SMT4 was absolutely my reason to get a 3DS. When that mm-hmm. dropped, it was like, right, I need to sort this out now. And boy, did it not disappoint. That's one of the one of the best games going without a shadow of a doubt um and it's exclusive to the switch and it's exclusive digitally to the switch in the west as well so with that store going that's when you you need to get on now or never really oh no in america i think you got physical in we did get physical let me correct myself yeah i think it was Um, only um i i don't know if and i don't think apocalypse got it got a physical though Maybe it definitely it did. did. I mean, we got a physical of Apocalypse. There's no did way you? we okay. got a physical and America didn't. Yeah, I guess I, I just never I saw own, it. <laughs> I own all the physicals <laughs> that exist for 3DS SMT, and unfortunately, um, 4 is the only one that does not. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. If the... we continue on the... Oh. No, go to town. Go ahead. Oh, if we continue, like, on the Atlas bandwagon, we can uh, name also Persona Q and Persona Q2. Of course. A spin-off yeah. for Persona the for the Persona series, which was not available on the on the 3DS, but anyway. And those take um more like um the dungeon crawling of the Etrian Odyssey series and the uh first person like Team Aritensi games. The like the characterization is nothing to write home about. Like they simplify the characters to a couple of traits, but the overall story I find at the very least on the first person IQ games, I haven't played the second one, was very enjoyable. And the way it, it's pretty much fan service. If you like if you like Persona 3, 4, and 5, go to town. I really recommend those games. And um, as I, I already named it, Etrian Odyssey. Like, mm. there are many Etrian Odyssey games on 3DS, and you can actually play them all because it's a series that started in the DS. I would recommend the Seven Seas, especially for 3, though. You cannot get 3 without selling your kidney. But then also, 3 supposedly is horrifically poorly balanced, so... Oh. The fun Maybe thing with the 3DS is you have like remakes of one and two. You have four and five, which are both native 3DS titles. You have Nexus, which was like the big hurrah send off. And if you count them, you have Persona Q1 and 2. So you have like seven really, really excellent dungeon crawlers there. Um, Just an absurd very specific... amount, but yeah. 
Yeah. I've, I've only played four, but I own them all, and I'll be 40 by the time I finish them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. But that's the thing. It, it's a niche within a niche, but the console had such a depth to its library, if not a breadth. And I think that's the interesting thing where if you fit into its sort of um, niche, what it was, yeah, if you fit into its niche, I was trying to not use the word niche again, but I don't think I can avoid it. Uh, you were truly well served. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I, at, oh, sorry, yeah. go on, sorry. I was gonna say, I'd agree oh, with you ahead. too, because like, I found that it, it is such a like, like, I can honestly recommend this console just by like asking you, like, do you like turn based RPGs? <laughs> and if you're like, no, I hate them, I'll be like, move on you know like it's just like just get a switch right because like ultimately there are so many good games on this or it's like do you no longer have your ds but you have a lot of ds games you should get the 3ds right like it's just one of those things although now they're gonna be so expensive i would actually say like jump jump fast if you don't have them um but like like when i think about the games that i played on this this was the zelda machine for me as well and I don't know how many goddamn times I need to try Ocarina of Time before I realize I don't like this game. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm there with you, man. <laughs> but it's so many times. And it's so funny because the only other time I played Majora's Mask, I actually did like it. I just stopped playing, I think, because I got, I don't, I, can't, I think I got stuck. And that's why I'm like, oh, if I do this with a guide, it'll be fine. But Ocarina of Time, doesn't matter how many times I tried, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. It's a game where you had to be there. You really had to be there. Yeah, I but I beat it with a yeah. friend when I was very young. We beat it together, and that was super fun. But I can barely remember that. I do remember the light arrows in game at the end, but that's all I can remember, you know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that was like one of the flagship titles for this um, machine, right? Like those two games, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Like they were, even though they again, like I like I sort of mentioned before, apparently they did kind of bungle the with majora's mask specifically and, and Neryl, who you obviously yeah. mentioned yeah probably one yep. of the big proponents online of they did not do a good job of this remaster yeah well, mainly the what happened oh. go on, sorry the, the main things that changed with majora's mask they, they were like quality of life improvements that in my opinion outweigh like anything else uh they may have butchered a little bit but in the sense of, oh, you can, like, advance time by the hour, and that is a godsend. I don't have to wait for how many minutes and then, like, get distracted and have to, like, rewind time because I missed my appointment. But, um, and there's also the fact that you can actually save and not suspend your game in the old statues. And that, for me, already made the game, like, way more playable, and I greatly enjoy my time with that. The thing that they didn't do well, the two things that they didn't do well is that some of the the bosses now have like giant eye that is like, hey, they all have giant eyes, yeah. Uh, Which wasn't in the original, I think, yeah. And the other thing was the swimming mechanic of the uh, Sora Link mask. Which you cannot, you can no longer like swim indefinitely without spending magic. Which kind but of at that point of the yeah. game, I just drank a tattoo from money and had unlimited magic anyway. So I didn't feel that um, being like a hindrance to the game. But 
yeah. So yeah. Um, the thing is, though, and, like, oh, sorry, yeah. I was going to say this is all without talking about the original Zelda game for the platform, Triforce Adventure, which, meh, but a link between worlds, depending on who you ask, is like one of the best Zeldas go. Yeah. Like, go go ahead, try that one. It, it is amazing. Traverse Heroes, it is fun if you have two other people to play with, which mm. at the time I didn't have two other people to play with. So I pretty much played the entire game with the dummies. Mm. Though, if you have the other two people to play with, prepare for chaos. It is yeah. a lot of fun. Mm. Alex, you were going to say? Oh, no, sorry. I was just saying, like, with the 3DS, like, yeah, they definitely fixed a few things. With I was just still on thinking Majora's Mask. But, like, the, the reality, too, is that it's just, you can, you can get a lot of those fixed just on PC if you want to just, you know, like, and I, that is more difficult, obviously. So, like, if you're looking for just the easy way of doing it, yeah, like, pop on to the 3DS. But there are just, like, it's like you said, they, they, they fixed a lot, but then they really just fucked some other things up. But what I've heard is there is actually a patch like a, a mod that someone did for the 3DS version that fixes all the mm. bullshit that uh, was that happened in it and would make it like I would imagine basically the definitive way of yeah. playing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Narrow just like a month or two ago made a post like made a video about you know um, like he releases texture packs and stuff so. And he's doing them for the 3DS as well. And so I think with that mod, it'd be, yeah, that, that'll take a while, but he's going to release an HD texture pack for that one as well. So um, anyway, all that to say the 3DS one was good, but like a little bit of a disappointment following the Ocarina of Time um, version, which was so excellent, right? Um, yeah. And like really, really, really good, um, but not quite as much. And also this thing, it's funny to think like, this is the, the one that got me to Animal Crossing, like New Leaf. I was like, hmm play the shit out of that I, I don't give a shit about the new one but i played the shit out of new leaf <laughs> i think most people are like that though you have one animal crossing that yeah. you get mad invested into and then you're just like right i've had my fill for my lifetime now like wild world was that for me on the ds i have no interest in future ones but yeah. there was a good three month period where like that was my gaming yeah in its entirety in my case i got into new leaf but i couldn't play it for an extended period of time because I got bored because I wanted like to customize everything like outside and I couldn't. So of course, when New Horizons came out, I was like, "Oh, this is exactly what I wanted." <laughs> by yeah. like three, four months of my life on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I'll, oh, sorry. Yeah, we're just jumping on each other. But I also was thinking yeah. of Virtue's Last Reward. I love that one too. In this thing, like there was just some good ones here. Um, but like when I think about my experience with the 3DS, it's basically Ace Attorney, Fire Emblem, Pokemon, Legend of Zelda. That was my 3DS experience, right? Like I'm like, and then all the games that came out for those, I just like played the shit out of them. And then anything else was just kind of periphery, right? Like those indie games and whatnot. But like it, it was a really strong showing for those series. Like I know, I guess nowadays Pokemon X is like a little line or whatever but that game i fucking loved it It got me into game into pokemon again um and got me playing pokemon sun but yeah i don't know and like i it has a soft spot in my heart just for the fact that like it is what has made me obsessed with fire emblem (laughs) i in my case it is also pokemon zelda shimeri tensei fire emblem the (laughs) latent series 
um, Ace Attorney. Oh my God, Ace Attorney. Mm-hmm. And which one haven't I named? Well, I'm pretty much like every single series that I'm into right now is because of the 3DS. Yes. I mean, this interestingly kind of speaks to the depth that we said the console didn't have because like SMT is the only one of those that I've really touched on yet. Like, um, there's been some bigger games, there's been some bigger franchises, but there's also loads of random stuff on the 3DS if you're willing to dig a little bit. So like, um, the two things I want to shout are one, like all the 3D classic stuff, whether it's um, like the Nintendo stuff you're excited by, your Kid Icarus, where they've, Mm -hmm. they've done some real work updating those games. Yes. Um, whether it's the Sega stuff that M2 did, like your Space Harriers and your Sonics and your Alter Beast and your Twin Bees. Um, there's various other sort of like odds and ends and one-offs that people sort of put those efforts into. Just a really interesting reason and, and opportunity to revisit classic games with a fresh perspective, literally and metaphorically. Um, but also like, random experimental indie stuff so like guildo one and guildo two is something that i think we've brought up a couple of times uh crimson shout that i played is one of those games um you have liberation maiden which is pseudo 51 um weapon shop de mass attack of the friday monsters which is just a beautiful wholesome little sort of slice of life game um starship damry oh there's two others that i'm forgetting Aeroporter and uh, I think it was like bug tanks or whatever it was, but like cool little experimental things like yeah. with big names and relatively big level five budget. But then like you have the Gunvolt franchise, you have Pocket Jockey, which was Game Freak making like a horse racing solitaire game that shouldn't work, but bloody well does. Harness Samurai, like a 3D, almost Punch-Out-esque sword fighting game. Um, just so many little offshoots and experiments, which, in a sense, were the breeding ground for what Switch is trying to do at the moment, in spite of its terrible storefront discoverability. Yeah, which I wouldn't say the 3DS storefront's any better, but yeah, I only by virtue of having less on there, but it is marginally yeah. better. And you can but. set your games like you can save your games in different folders, which makes everything so much fucking easier to do. Yeah, oh, they yeah. on the 3DS, they couldn't do it on the Switch. The the, the actual bad. home screen to 3DS is much better. Um, but I, I have to say, Nintendo, in terms of when it comes to their shop designs, have been something for a long time. I guess they've just released a well, web page. Shop designs. Yeah. You know, when I think of it too, though, it's like, yeah, like you're saying, like there's lots of these like kind of hidden game, hidden gems sort of things. And like, it, funny enough, like, when I think of the 3DS, it feels more traditional than the DS did, right? Where, like, the DS, to me, felt quite innovative. innovative, um, And, like, like it felt more experimental in some ways. And the 3DS felt like it had a lot more kind of, I don't know, like, I say traditional, but, you know, like, like almost, like, trying to hit, like, console-esque games, right? Like, when thinking of Monster Hunters and... Ocarina of Time, obviously, right? Like N64 games coming onto here and like using less of that touch screen, but like still having both your screens. It's just like when I think of the best games on here, they don't require that touch screen implementation necessarily. Um, the Link Between Worlds is so good. But even that one, far less, um, far less use 
of the um of the touchscreen, right? Like it's it's significantly mm-hmm. more just like button controls. Um, Fire Emblem, you don't need to use that touchscreen really at all. Um, yeah. You know, again, Shovel Knight, no, that's not being used. Even Ace Attorney, which like, yeah, okay, you're popping it, but like, you know, it's not, you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. is maybe the exception that proves it where you have all that map drawing still. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, for the DS, you had... Like just going as far as Zelda, you have Phantom Hourglass as Matrix, and most of the controls were touch screen based. And then mm-hmm. you have the right. the podcast favorite. Um, oh my god, I, I I'm failing on this. I'm so fucking sorry, Rick. Don't fucking KB Ghost Trick. The podcast mm. where every like the best way to play it is with the touch screen, in my opinion, or like. Or the game that I'm playing right now that is Time Hollow, where you you have to use the touchscreen. Or Pokemon Ranger, making circles with the with the touchscreen was like the name of the game right there. I think that's the thing. Or, After like seven years of the DS, like all of those ideas had sort of been exhausted hmm. uh, to a greater or lesser degree. Um, and that that was always the difficulty for the 3DS. It's like how do you follow up from the DS? And, and to a lesser extent, it's the same problem with the Wii and the Wii U. Like, you have two enormous successes. What do you do next mm. without completely ripping up the playbook? And I think the 3DS succeeded far more than the Wii U did in that, oh, yeah. it, was yeah. able to, yep. in that it was able to support regular gameplay without encumbering you with its gimmick in the sense that you could always just turn the 3D off. Yeah. And also, I think it benefits from the fact that the Vita was having a harder time at this point right like i think um because when did the vita launch again 2012 oh yeah it comes out in 2012 so it came right before the ps vita right and so i feel like that was like a real like linchpin for it and also though i will say i do think the Vita regular ssd and micro sd cards yeah i know exactly right regular micro sd and then but that competition i think was ultimately a good thing for the 3ds they had to kind of push Mm. itself more nintendo couldn't really rest on its laurels with it like they were like having to kind of push harder with it um yeah, they couldn't have like two failures in the hands, like the Wii U and the 3DS. So one of them have to they had to jump chip from the Wii U pretty much and like put all the efforts on the 3DS. Mm. And I think something that could be fun right now if we want to try. I was thinking I wanna I wanna rank our like personal uh favorite in terms of the handhelds, um, excluding the Switch, because the Switch is its own hybrid bastardization. Um and like I don't mind going first, because I've been thinking about like where would I place the 3DS for myself personally and like I think probably no surprise for me in terms of like what my favorite um, handheld is. Like I think, and actually I found this really tough. Like I was torn between the DS and the Game Boy Advance because I absolutely love both. I know you probably think Game Boy Color. I love the Game Boy Color, don't get me wrong, but not my number one. But like, I feel like I would probably put I think my heart says the DS first because like, honestly, it was just so, so much awesome shit. And then I would go like Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, 3DS, Game Boy. Um, and that's only because of how strong those other ones are. But like, I don't know. What do you guys think? What are your personals? Vita, DS, oh, PSP. Okay. I was thinking 3DS, just Nintendo handhelds, but that's fine. Game Boy. Oh, I, in which case. Oh, if it's only yeah, Nintendo handhelds. DS, 3DS, GBA, Game Boy. No question. Okay. Well, I didn't leave like 
I didn't have that time with only the DS. Uh, so everything is, as a, is a match for me. For So for me, it would be like 3DS and Game Boy. <laughs> Game Boy. Like Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance. Advance. Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Given as much. I've gone but, through all of them. So yeah. Sorry, pal. I thought I cut well, you off. Here's there. the real question. <laughs> yeah. Here's the real yeah. question. Where are we putting the virtual boy in that lineup? The virtual what lineup? It's under the ground. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it's buried deep, deep, deep. I know. <laughs> it'd be interesting to throw the Vita in there. I don't know where I'd put that. Um, but yeah, anyway. That's a silly question. Alex. Don't ask a silly question. But you know, one thing I will say is like, <laughs> like I think all of Nintendo's handhelds, it's one of the things like, don't sleep on them, you know? Like if you've never experienced them, I so recommend going back to them because each one, like the fact that, that the 3DS for me is low on my list, it, the, the reality is that I love all of these so much. <laughs> so it's like, and yeah. they're, all, they're all such different experiences, um, particularly after the Game Boy Advance. But anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up there for now, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, Did for we now. miss anything? How would yeah. you rank all the handhelds? Tell us all of yes. that below the like button, just underneath this. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, now it's time for... How long to beat the game? Uh, we kind of swapped editing duties, so I'm just going to pull it up this time because... Thank you, because I was not prepared for this. No problem. prepared for this, but in particular today, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> so, uh, what we've got is... What? Let's do this one, whatever. Um, Mobius Empire Rising. I have no idea what this is. Wow. And it, it's spelled How like... How do you spell it? Yeah, so it's not spelled like Mobius strip it's spelled like mo the name mo so m-o-e-b-i-u-s and then empire rising i think this is an old game i'm gonna assume um let's have a look oh you can get it on what it's not okay wikipedia says 2014 and it looks like okay anyways (laughs) yikes okay mobius empire rising received mixed reviews from critics it receives an average score of 60 and a weighted score of 54 out of 100 on Metacritic. Ooh, yeah. It looks like it might have been crowdfunded. Oh, is it? Okay. It's by yeah. Gabriel Knight, actually. That's Isn't that... um? I don't know who that is. Yeah, hold on. Let me see here. I just saw the name there. Um... From Master Storyteller, oh Jane Jensen, that's it. The guy, the person, the the lady who created Gabriel Knight, which is like a a big, it's a, it's a thing, it's a big thing. Um, hold on. Yeah, she's a game designer, who I think made some pretty popular um adventure games, and the Gabriel Knight is like a series of adventure games that I believe was quite popular in the '90s. It's like Sierra Online. Um. Anyway, here you go. There's a little bit, little fun stuff for you. So this must have been a pretty anticipated game. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the storytelling is good, but the art is not. I know. The art's in this weird sort of mid-budget, like how much effort did they really put into it space? And it's quite tricky. It was crowdfunded, like you said. Yeah. Oh, that's just... Yeah, it looks like that's why I thought it was like an old DOS game or something. 
Okay, well, um, I'm not very confident on this, so. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 12 or 11 and a half hours main. Main plus, I'm going to go 13 and a half hours. Why not? And then I think for 100%, I'm going to do, I'm going to do 15 hours. Yeah, I'm going to go with 10 hours main, 12 hours and a half main plus, and 100% 15 hours. I think you're both massively overshooting for a point-and-click game. I'm going eight hours, eight hours, nine hours. Doubly so because it's bloody well kick-started. I suppose. All right, let's take a look. Oh, phew, okay. Well, um, yeah, so it's nine hours uh, mm -hmm. main, nine and a half hours main plus extras, and 11 hours completionist, which means we're all good. <laughs> um, yeah, you're Some right, Rick. Skin of our teeth more than others. Yep, but hey, at least we're yep. there. <laughs> we're there. We managed to get those points. Which puts me at 168, Rick at 158, and Paola's at 143. We're getting up there. Mm. We promise we're going to have a rehaul of this game soon. We, we, we've gotten your suggestions and we're mulling them over. One day when we have free time, we're going to discuss what to do with how long to beat the game. <laughs> Can we do what is that? Is it tasty? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, that's it for us. We'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Take it easy. Bye.